everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Capital Stories, where we talk to real people about real issues and explore intersections of life and faith to encourage you in your personal walk with Jesus. We are back with our daily discipleship series. And in honor of Valentine's Day, we wanted to talk about marriage. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about marriage and how that intersects with our discipleship. And to do that, we've got Eric Dowd and Suzanne Chan. They're both on staff. They're not professional counselors. Right. But they have incredible life experience and they're followers of Christ. And they have had to put their faith into practice in their marriages. And they have some raw stories for us. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's beautiful. And we we really hope you're encouraged today. And if you're discouraged in your marriage, please don't skip this episode. Just go ahead and listen. Yeah. And even if you're single, like these yes. are some great examples of healthy relationships. Yeah, real um, people, real yeah. marriages. Yep. yep. So we're excited for you to listen to Eric and Suzanne on Capital Stories. So we are so glad to have Eric Dowd and Suzanne Champ with us today. We are talking about marriage. Today, Ooh, <laughs> are you ready for brings this? Brings us together today. <laughs> to forever. What does he say? I don't know. Oh, it's so good. Marriage. Oh, Marriage. Thing, but I won't. <laughs> please, no, please do. Love, <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you don't know, that's Princess Bride. Okay. In this series, we're talking about our daily discipleship, following Christ in daily life and how does that intersect in your marriage because i mean marriage is easy we know that so we're just gonna this is gonna be a really easy discussion it's gonna be really short (laughs) yes sure is but how does your discipleship and and how does your relationship with christ dive into and intersect with the relationship you have with your spouses so first This is the most important question of the day, and it's not Christmas, but I really would like to hear your opinion on Christmas music. Eric, why don't you start us off, okay? (laughs) Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. This is always a relevant topic. (laughs) Wow. Um, My opinion on Christmas music is I love it. I absolutely love it. Christmas music. I listen to it all year long and I'm not joking. Um, It's true. And yeah, I might have a a song called crazy for Christmas currently on repeat um, that I've been listening to for all, all morning. For context, we are listening or recording this December one. So even though you're listening to this in February, that's not as bad of a statement from Eric. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the Christmas song on repeat is is acceptable right now, Eric. (laughs) Yeah. I also might listen to Christmas music, you know, in, in, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> so, March or, or, you know, June. Oh. It's great. Mm. So you always have the holiday spirit. It's great. I love the Christian Christianity, the Christian message mm-hmm. behind Christmas. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you don't need to. I know a lot of people get wrapped up in, in the commercialism of Christmas and they don't like, like, they feel obligated to, to do certain things during the holidays and I look at all of that and I say, this is all about Jesus. This Mm. is all a celebration of Emmanuel, God with us. (laughs) I have tried to change my perspective 
to recognize that this is, it's a time of, to celebrate Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I want to celebrate Jesus not just yeah. in the Christmas season, but all year long. Mm-hmm. Yay. Suzanne, do you have an equally spiritual response or how is your response to that? I mean, it's Question. a little bit different. Um, <laughs> I do love Christmas. I love Christmas music in December. <laughs> I will not be listening to Christmas music in March or July or anything like that. Do you have but a hard rule on that? Like December 1st? Or? It's not a hard rule. Okay. It, it, you know, songs will, will creep in and I, mm. I'll give myself permission late November. Mm. <laughs> but it, it is limited to the holiday season. How did you meet your wife, Eric? Kristen is, she's beautiful and wonderful. How did you guys meet? Yes, I am married to a beautiful and wonderful woman named Kristen. I call her my Mary Poppins wife because she's practically perfect in every way. (laughs) Oh. Okay. That's Um, awesome. And we met 21 years ago at a college ministry group that was actually based out of Capitol Church. I remember she had moved here to Salt Lake City from Illinois. Um, She was doing her master's degree at the University of Utah. And I was greeting at the doors the first night that she arrived. And my first thought was, wow, she is beautiful. And I wasn't naive enough in my life anymore to pursue a relationship based solely on beauty. Um, But we did hang out with in, in the same group a lot over the next few months. And we became really good friends. And eventually I asked her on a date. How did you know she was your person? person? I'm like, yeah, I never had like this aha moment where I'm like, I want to marry Kristen. Like she's the perfect wife or the ideal companion Mm -hmm. for me. We started dating intentionally with the purpose to see if God wanted us together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so right out of the gate, we prayed together. We read scripture together. We sought wise counsel together. So, like, that progression from dating to marriage was kind of just a natural, organic flow of our life. It just was the logical next step in our relationship. It's time to get married. Suzanne, how did you meet Troy? Kelly, I think you were there. (laughs) (laughs) I I really like Um, the story. (laughs) We were 18 years old, and it was our first class of college we went to a kind of a small private Bible college, so only ministry majors in Springfield, Missouri. And it was first day, I believe, first class. Um, it was public speaking <laughs> 101. <laughs> we just happened to be in that class together. And I think we met out in the hallway and Kelly was there. Kelly and I were college roomies. And I just thought he was a really nice guy. I just, I liked him. We became friends. We really became best friends. I was still, I was dating someone long distance, so I wasn't thinking about dating. But we got together fairly quickly. And how did I know he was the one? Without the gentle nudge. I mean, besides the gentle nudges that you received from your community. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Of course. Right. I helped nudge her. Skimming over that. We dated for a long time, like three years. And... It just became such a normal thing, right? It became he was my person. He just I don't know that there was a moment. It just I couldn't imagine life without him. It just fit. It seemed right. It felt right in God. And so we got married uh, this summer before our senior year. 
we were still babies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks after Kelly and Greg got married. Yes. 25 years ago. Yes. And Eric, how long have you guys been married? 20 years. <gasps> yeah. And what'd you That's do for your milestones? 20th? We went on a cruise to Alaska. Oh, yay. I'm curious if you guys happen to be married to your polar opposites, how do you make it work? So Suzanne was recently <laughs> asked this by a panel that we were on for our MOPS group, our yes. Mothers of Preschoolers on a Monday. And I loved your response to this, Suzanne. So if you know Troy, you will know he is incredibly driven. He is an achiever by nature. So if he doesn't achieve something every day, he's not content, right? He's up before me <laughs> he stays <laughs> up after or like i go to bed first like you know and he's still up working he's currently working on his phd in leadership he's a go 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 kind of guy and always has been um he's very organized he's very clean he's the hardest working person i know i am not all those things like i'm not I, I like accomplishing things. I'm not a driven kind of person where I have to accomplish something every day. Like I'm okay to binge a, a series or I'm okay to take a nap. Like I'm good, right? <laughs> Early in our marriage, I felt that tension of us being so different. And I think a couple of things happened. First, I wanted to change, you know, kind of nudge him to relax, Troy, just chill out and, you know, just try to have him not have to achieve and be so driven. So I wanted him to change. And then I also kind of felt weird and guilty about kind of how I was wired. And that created some tension. Over the years, I've learned to just embrace it. I think we're mm. both comfortable in our skin. We're both comfortable in, in who we are and who God's made us. And so I fully let him be him and cheer him on mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> as he goes on to do a PhD in the middle of working, you know, a, a, mm. a full-time job and all the things that he does. I cheer him on. I think it's incredible. And I think it's incredible the way God's wired him. I also am just comfortable in my skin <laughs> to, um, I don't want to get a PhD. I, I just don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. You're okay I'm okay with that. that. <laughs> I'm like, you go do that. I'm going to go. Um, yep. Relax and we're good. And I think it ultimately it works. I, I think opposites attract. Mm. And I think if I was just as driven as he was, we'd probably drive each other crazy. Mm. Um, and so there's a really good balance. Um, we make each other better. He pushes me in ways that are really good for me to try new things or to um, get better in a certain area. I encourage him, hey, take the night off. Relax. Mm. Let's chill out. Let's, you know, and so I think the balance is really good. I love that you said that you, you cheer him on yeah. because I, I've, I think all of us in this room, like we've watched different marriages, right? And it's like, you can, you, sometimes you can see a bitterness, mm. right? If, if you get the opposites attract right. in the beginning and it's so exciting, but then as you get older, that can really, it can, it can trip you up a little bit. Right. Yeah, definitely. So for you to to be able to cheer him on and be excited for what he is right. driven to do. It probably frees him up too, to enjoy how you are. So this mm. can kind of be a touchy subject. Mm. What would you say about being with a partner who shares your faith? I think mm -hmm. we all have friends who have 
married a spouse that is not, you know, maybe doesn't share their their faith journey. Yeah. Um, what would you guys say about sharing your faith with your partner? Mm. I think it's hugely important. I think it's hugely important. And I mean, to the point that it might be the most important thing in a marriage. I know that that sounds kind of extreme. And I know that there are people who have, who have had different faiths, who have made their marriage work, figured out how to make their marriage work. I would argue that having that, that foundation of shared faith makes all of the complications that come with marriage less extreme. Mm. Honestly, I've, I've, I've seen it play out in real life multiple times that way. So marriage is just full of big life changing decisions, right? It just is. I mean, are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Where are you going to live? You know, what are you going to work? How are you going to plan for retirement? How are you going to get out of debt? I mean, all of these things are huge impactors in a person's life. And you have to figure them out when you're married to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have that shared faith, it, you might not, you probably won't always come to the same decision right out of the gate, but sometimes you will because it's just like, hey, we have this shared faith and this is where we go and this is how we handle this. And it makes that so much easier. But even if you don't, you have that, that, that sense of community on a spiritual level with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. makes the decision-making process just so mm-hmm. much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I think it's vital. I couldn't do it any other way. Faith is such a huge part of my life, always has been since childhood. And I can't imagine not sharing the most important thing in Mm -hmm. my life with Mm -hmm. the most important person. Mm. We started our marriage, we started our dating life um, with the scripture, glorify the Lord with me, come, let us exalt his name together. And that was our goal. Like, if we could just do this together, we're going to be able to make it. Eric, just like you said, I mean, there's so many, life is so hard. It's so hard. And I just don't know how we would have been able to navigate it without Christ at the center of our our marriage, our family, Mm. with our children. I ache with those that are in marriages where that is a challenge. I've seen people navigate it beautifully. I respect that so much, but I just know it can be um, a real heartache, mm-hmm. and and that's hard. You said community, and you said life is so hard, <laughs> and having someone as your partner that's in your community, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can take that for granted, right. yeah. that we have this built-in spiritual friendship right in our face, you know, in right. our daily yeah. life. And yeah. that knows us better than anybody, right? Yes. And that can yes. speak truth mm-hmm. in ways that probably nobody else could, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is so fun. It's so fun all the time. To hear that <laughs> feedback yes. from your yes. spiritual bestie. <laughs> How just thinking about those two dynamics and the fact that life is hard, mm-hmm. and you guys have been married, oh, you know, at least two decades. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. What has been the hardest part of your marriage, maybe the hardest season, and how did you get through that? And you can share at whatever level you want, but it's Mm -hmm. just, there's a lot of people that are going through tough 
circumstances mm-hmm. and may even be in that thought of, I don't know if I can do this. True. You know, even if we've been married a long time, I don't know if I can do this because it's just gotten so hard. Mm-hmm. So tell us about a time like that and how did you how did you recover? Or how did you get through it? For me, the hardest time in my marriage with Kristen lasted it was one dynamic of our marriage that lasted multiple years. Mm. And it would just reoccurringly come up over and over and over again. Um, but basically, it came down to I felt like God wanted us to do one thing, and Kristen didn't agree. And that one thing was was moved to Uganda and do ministry over there. And uh, God had really opened a lot of doors, and it just seemed like the obvious thing to do to me. So let's just back up for a second. Uganda is in Africa, and yes. you are in Utah. Okay, so just want to make sure we didn't <laughs> gloss over that fact. You, Keep Uganda going. Uganda is East Africa. Um, it is a developing nation, which means the uh, standard of living is much lower, much, much lower than here in the United States. And Kristen was very successful in her career. Um, she's very smart. She's very driven. She couldn't see a place for her in Uganda. At one point, she went with me to the country even, and as hesitant as she was to go visit in the beginning, once she decided she wanted to go visit, she was completely open to the idea that God would reveal to her, yes, this is what I want you to do. Like she went with an open heart and an open mind and an expectation that God was going to share that with her. She did not experience that over there at all. She actually had a really, really difficult time. She had a hard time connecting with the people. She struggled with the way life operates Mm -hmm. over there. Um, She always felt out of place. She always felt like this was not where she belongs. Mm -hmm. When we came back from that trip, she was even more determined. This is not not what God has in store for us. We're not going to do this. And I appreciate you sharing that. Keep going. But I just, I want to say like what Mm -hmm. she experienced for her to be able to express that is so real and human, but in such a beautiful way, because she laid herself out like in that way. Okay, God, tell me, what do you want to do, you know, and Mm -hmm. to be open to that. So thank you for sharing that part, because I think a lot of people can relate to, to Kristen specifically on that. Yeah. So like this became a regular recurring item of discussion in our marriage. We prayed about it. We talked about it. We sought wise counsel from other mature Christians that we respected. Honestly, we fought about it. We fought about it a lot. Just arguments. Because even though I was running this ministry from Utah, like it just kept growing. And it grew to the point where I, 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 I was like, I have to move there. Like, if this is going to keep going, I have to move there. There's yeah. no there's no alternative at this point. And Kristen, again, was like, I don't think that's what God wants for us. And so that 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 in it, that was probably the hardest time for me in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's just soul crushing, you know, and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I felt like God was saying, do this. She felt like God was saying, do that. And like, we were at an impasse in mm-hmm. our relationship, in our marriage that we couldn't see how we could get over it, Mm -hmm. right? It got to the point where I was, I mean, I was depressed. I was angry, frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, And I honestly had thoughts of, you know, if this just, if this marriage just ended tomorrow, then okay. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's done. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I can then move to Uganda. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and it was hard. It yeah. was so hard. That is hard. Yeah. I'd say for me, um, I don't know, about 10 or 11 years ago, the kids were young. You know, the twins were four. Um, Emma was like eight or nine. Twins. I just want to go back to yeah. that. To yeah, that was a lot. Twins <laughs> in Uganda. Okay. You know, ministry is <laughs> always hard, Yeah, honestly. And it was a season in our life where Troy and I just began to argue a lot, you know, kind of that fighting. And, and we just could not see eye to eye. Communication was just not going well and it just in me it kind of um spiraled me into a pretty deep depression anxiety i was having panic attacks i lost i mean i was probably 100 pounds i I was a skeleton i just like i just sank into this deep pit and just couldn't pull myself out all the while parenting and doing ministry and leading worship and all the things and it just felt like such a crisis but it felt like a crisis in our marriage like Mm -hmm. it just felt almost impossible to kind of come out of it because you know we were just fighting a lot and just couldn't see eye to eye couldn't come together and you know eventually I you know, therapy helped and medication helped and marriage books helped. And, you know, I mean, we kind of did everything, right, um, that we could do and, and kind of slowly crawled mm-hmm. out of that pit and were able to were come together and grow. But I'll just say this, like, and there have been other hard times, right? Mm-hmm. That was just a, that was just specifically for me. It was it was a really hard kind of a crisis time in my life. But marriage is hard you know i know we joked about it being easy it's hard it's going to be hard and you know eric and i were just talking in the office like it's something you have to fight for Mm -hmm. because the temptation to give up to walk away is real it doesn't feel very spiritual right it doesn't feel like (laughs) you know but it's real Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know your mind can be like well look you know life would just be easier if dot 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 right if i just Mm -hmm. was on my own if i just did you know and if if you're in a hard space in your marriage if you're feeling hopeless if you're feeling depressed if you're feeling like you can't connect you know i know all of us around this table would just say fight for it like fight for it do whatever you need to do whether it's go to a marriage counselor or get on medication if you're struggling with your mental Mm -hmm. health get some friends around you you know i had some accountable Mm -hmm. friends that i was reaching out to at that time to say i need some help Mm -hmm. and um, i'm not okay and we're not okay and there are resources there are things you can do i would just say do them Mm -hmm. it's worth it Mm -hmm. Yeah, can I? Yeah. I also just want to add the importance of. We talked a little bit before about the importance of shared faith. Mm. Like there have been times in my marriage where I could not come up with a good reason to stay in it, right. other than right. Kristen and I have a shared faith right. that God brought us together, yep. and He has a reason for us to be mm. together. You had made a covenant with and that person that. before yeah. God yeah. with mm-hmm. God. It's hard to walk away from, right? Mm. When you have that perspective. Yeah. Agreed. That's so raw, right? And it's like that moment when you feel like you can't breathe. Right. But it's like, no, no. 
no, right. no, I'm going to keep right. walking. And but then also that no one wants that to be the ultimate experience of like a bad marriage, right? Mm. So you're going to work on making it better. Mm, you know, you, that's, good that's point. like when you're in that pit, but come mm-hmm. to this agreement, like, mm-hmm. nope, we're in this because right. we mm-hmm. promised exactly. to each other and to God. Right. Let's make this the best it can be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. For better or for, for better, worse. You know? right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But the reality is that takes time. You know, it sounds like, you know, you didn't just yeah. snap out of it. You crawled no, out of it. No, no, no. Said, yeah. No, there's. It does snap, take time. And sometimes time is the only answer. Like with mm-hmm. our situation yeah. with Uganda, honestly, time was the only right. answer for us. Mm-hmm. Right. We never, well, let me rephrase that because I guess there was, there did come a point. Kristen did return to Uganda and she actually started to develop relationships over there. And now she has some very, very close cher- cherished friends over there. After about 10 years, I want to say, yeah. I mean, like, this is not a small chunk <laughs> right, of time. Right. Yeah. After about 10 years, she did decide it was okay for us to move to Uganda. <laughs> God flipped <laughs> the script. <laughs> yeah. God God decided, okay, now that's over. I am actually gonna move you into a different direction. Yep. Um yep. but <laughs> thanks God. <laughs> you know? But there was there was that moment where Kristen was like, okay, yep, I think this is what God wants yeah. us to do. Um <laughs> and we came to the same page and then, you know, ended up not moving to Uganda. Hmm. <laughs> you know I don't know how to put this and maybe we'll have this all figured out in a few years, but like (laughs) there are things, right, that we long for and we pray for in our marriages and it does take time. Mm -hmm. And I think we might miss watching God fulfill Hmm. some of those longings that we have. And it's not necessarily, oh, God, please change my spouse. But it's like I see this potential or I see Mm -hmm. this opportunity or something else i see something else and then 10 years later right it flips or hmm. you know I, I i've seen this in my own marriage where right. my, if greg were here he would say the same thing right. like that's something i really saw early on and hoped and prayed for and vice versa it's mm-hmm. like watching god do something so like oh right. i didn't think he would do that but he does. He really does. Yeah. And if we hang in there, sometimes we really get to see, mm-hmm. you know, before we get to heaven, right. some of the goodness. <laughs> right. And you see some of that hard work paying off, right? Yeah. Yes. You see, yes. You see the the nights ruined with hard conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And and all of the, the conflict or <laughs> the struggle or the times where we're you know, you choose to be selfless and lay yourself down. So, you, you know, all those things, the investment you make mm-hmm. into this relationship, you do begin to see the fruit of it, right? Yeah. And you see the fulfillment <gasps> yes. and go, okay, it is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. To keep And it's to amazing. Keep working. And it, yeah, and it's it gets better. It gets better. Like you work Absolutely. through those, those hard times right. and you come out the other side more in love and closer right. and better yeah. friends. Right. Because right. you've climbed these mountains together literally. Right. And like, <laughs> okay, we're still here. We still love each other. And now we, we love each other more and we respect mm-hmm. each other more. And we, you were there for me. And like, you just see it all. It, it's, yeah. it absolutely gets better. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that to anybody mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, thinking of jumping ship. It's like, hang on, you know, there, yeah. there's good things ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could narrow it down to like one game changer or two game changers, mm-hmm. I mean, you both mentioned therapy and, and take, you know, being patient and praying and, you know, letting mm-hmm. time, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. but what would be 
a, like a specific game changer that was helpful in your marriage? Suzanne mentioned earlier about reading books. Um, Kristen and I went through a phase of our life where we decided we were going to get a bunch of marriage books and just read them together and talk about them. And one of the books that we Mm. happened to read, there was something in it that really impacted me. It was called The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages by Shaunti Feldham. And... One of the, this quote unquote secrets that she revealed in the book was that people who are in successful marriages view disagreements, not as like an attack on their marriage or an attack on their individuality or who they are, but with the understanding that even though their spouse disagrees with them or has a different opinion than them, their spouse is also trying to do what's best for the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that with Kristen, and I remember just thinking, wow, what a cool shift in the way that I think to really help us respect each other's opinions or really help me respect Kristen's opinion, you know, when it's different from mine. And it's, it's a pretty simple little thing. Like, it's not... It, but it made a huge impact wow. in in that. our relationship. It was. And so now when Chris and I do have disagreements, you know, I just tell myself, it's like, I trust that she is, really wants what's best for our marriage. Um, and she has, you know, she has that behind her as her motivation for whatever her opinion is. I love thinking about marriages as we're on the same team, right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it can mm-hmm. feel like Troy is my opponent, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, if someone wins, someone loses, right? Yeah. And <laughs> but it can, you know, we can we can position ourselves right in an argument mm. or in a conflict across from each other like yeah. that. And just the simple shift of like, no, he's on my team. Mm-hmm. He's on mm-hmm. my team, right? He's he's fighting with me, not against me, right? He's fighting for the marriage. He's and so I agree. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the the biggest most important thing in our marriage that we have learned is empathy and what is empathy right. like so we get those we I interchange know. that with sympathy yeah and no it's not sympathy it's mm. not it's not feeling you know badly for that person i have accomplished empathy well I do not often accomplish empathy well, but I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm growing. I don't think no. we it is were a hard with that. It's just right? a hard it's skill. Hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's a um, learned it's a very skill. selfless skill. But I have accomplished empathy well when Troy understands that I understand. Not when I tell Troy I understand you. He's like, I don't think you do. <laughs> but I'm so sure I do, right? But I do understand you. You know? Nope. Haven't done it yet. Okay, so say that again. So... Empathy is when, I'll just, for us, Troy understands and truly feels like I understand him, mm, right? That was powerful. So mm. it's not that I'm communicating, oh, I get you, I hear you, I understand you. Conversation done. Mm. He can still be across the table and go, I don't feel like you ha- understand mm. me. I said a lot of words and mm. I don't, how, how am I supposed to know you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not until I, I kind of step into what he's saying, ask him some good questions, um, tell me more, like help me to understand your perspective, where I get rid of that defensive posture, 
right? Mm. Right. Get rid of the, well, but you, you know, I'm really famous at that. (laughs) So really go to line for me. Uh, So in the moment when your partner is expressing their feelings, Mm. do you ever feel like they're wrong? Of course. Okay. And, but you're saying to to not say, to not combat what they're saying. And no one can tell me that my feelings are wrong, right? Mm-hmm. My feelings are my feelings. Your feelings yeah. are your feelings, right? So instead of being instead defensive, what are you doing? Validating. I I'm leaning in. Hmm. I'm saying, tell me more about that. Um, that edge mm-hmm. that we can have to us, right? That little, you know. Um, she just a a a task. I know. Can't you see it, you guys? Can't you see it? You know, right? Where we want to attack it, or we want to be like, oh my god, that's so stupid. Yeah. Why would you feel that way? I didn't, you know, I mean, all of that language, all of that defense, all of that. Again, I'm acting like he's against me. I'm Mm. acting like he's on the blue team and I'm on the red team, right? Mm. Instead of saying, like, I care deeply. You are my person. Like, I love you. And even what you're saying, even though what you're saying is hard, Mm. because you might be saying, like, hey, Suzanne, I feel this with us or, you know, with how you treated, you know, whatever, maybe if there's truth that he's bringing mm-hmm. and I want to bristle at that, like to take a deep breath, to say, I really want to understand what you're saying. Is this what you're saying? Mm-hmm. What do like, you have to do in that moment just oof. as a personal discipline? Like, and I think this is where our discipleship really, because yeah. it's like you almost get crunched. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So what do you do? There, what do you I mean, shift in that moment? I have to, I have to deep breathe, you know, take a deep mm-hmm. breath. Um, I have to lean into humility because that Mm. pride wants to bristle and say, like, this is not all my fault or I'm not to blame for how you your feelings are, you know, like whatever, (laughs) whatever, like thing jab. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 if I begin to I know how it feels like we probably all know what it feels like internally when we want to like attack or we want to shift the focus and be like well you feel that way but this is how i feel you know make it about me somehow or make it like this has been um such a hard but important lesson and Mm. i'm continually trying to Mm. grow in it Mm. these are conversations i don't know that we have daily but um often Mm. very often Mm -hmm. and it's it's it unlocks love and connection um, when I get it right, when he gets it right, when I feel like I can just go splat and say, these are all the ugly things I'm thinking and feeling and insecurities and all the things and I lay it bare before him. And instead of him attacking it or dismissing it or invalidating it, he comes and he scoops it up with me and he's like, mm-hmm. boy, let's talk about this. Let's talk about. You know, I care deeply about this. Like, tell me more. What what could I do to, you know, there's so many ways to, to say it or to do it. Um, you know when you're on the receiving end of it <laughs> because you, you feel really good. Yeah. You feel really loved. You feel really connected to that person. <laughs> and so I would just say that's something that we are continually trying to work on and teach our, <laughs> our kids. <laughs> that's powerful. Really good. Yeah. Really good. That sounds like one of the investments. It's a way a to invest. Investment. It takes a lot of time, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to need probably some some good resources and some good good books mm-hmm. because it's not natural. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it is for some people. I don't know. It's, I'll just say it's not natural for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you have reasons, good, 
Everybody has. Well, I'm going to win in court reasons, reason. right? For, <laughs> for whatever they're blaming you for. Exactly. <laughs> and it's hard to hold back. I just, checked. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's like, tell me more about uh, your feelings right, right now. I'm going to lay my <laughs> feelings aside. Yeah. And I'm going to hear you. All the, the way, way through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, and then it, it might be my turn later, but it, I might have to wait till tomorrow. Might, and that's going to have wait to your be turn. Okay. You might have to wait your turn. And, right? Yes, practicing. It's still hard. It was hard as a kid. It's still hard. As, <laughs> yes. Yep, it's a grown adult. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Eric officiates a lot of weddings here at Capitol. And you just officiated a wedding not too long ago. And I have heard endless comments from the family and the couple about how amazing their their experience was with you. And and of course, I know that it's amazing because you're an amazing person and you love people so well. I know Eric's rolling his eyes at me right now, at Eric Dowd, because I'm talking to him and he doesn't like this attention. But this is something that I've seen in you and experienced from you. You're such a shepherd. And... So before you marry a couple, you sit down with them. And even if they've been through counseling or they've, you know, gone through the the marriage class here at Capitol, what would you say are some maybe some common struggles that you've observed in couples before they tie the knot? I want to lead with a quote from Tolstoy where he said every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And the reason why I want to lead with that is just because it's hard to pinpoint a common struggle mm-hmm. that I've that I've seen. There are definitely certain things that are more common than others, and I'm gonna address those in just a second, but they're not even though they're more common than others, I mean we're talking, you know, I don't know, 20%, 30%. We're not talking like a, a like everyone. Mm-hmm. And so these are kind of just some general struggles that I've seen that are common to a significant amount of relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the ability to communicate um, effectively. And I think Suzanne just hit it when she was talking about empathy um, and her dynamic with Troy. The purpose in communication is not to get your point across. It is to, it's to understand like what what is going on what is the thing behind the thing what is it that my spouse needs from this it's that that dynamic in communication um stephen covey said seek to understand before being understood Mm. like that ability developing that ability to communicate with your spouse will it it will just it will it will change Mm. the dynamic of your relationship um and it will make it better and it will make you feel loved um, one of the things I like to say when I officiate a wedding is is I ask the bride and groom to make their marriage a safe place to exper- experiment in order to get love right. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what um, it takes. Yeah. And and communicating is just crucial. It's just crucial to any any relationship, but especially marriage and being able to do that well. If you, if you have a struggle communicating, I mean, get help, mm-hmm. you know, figure out, get some tools, figure out, you know, how to do that. Um, work it out with your spouse. Um, and just, I mean, ex- I would say make it a safe place to experiment to, to get love right. Um, something else that I've seen is, is um, like the danger of regret 
in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Like I, I see this often when I interview couples who want to get married, um, if one of them has been divorced or if both of them have been divorced before, quite often, like if I dig into the reasons why, why, why did you get divorced the first time? You know, what happened? Um, if I really dig into what they were feeling, um, more often than not, I see this, this pattern of they started to regret their decision to marry their first spouse. And they let that feeling and that those thoughts kind of take hold in their brain. And that just leads to, you know, them looking for happiness or looking for something different in other mm. places. And eventually mm. it, it leads to divorce. That's, that's that the natural progression. Yeah. I didn't expect you to say that, but that makes sense. I don't know. Those are a couple of things that I've noticed that are, that are somewhat common to, to relationships and to people. Mm -hmm. So we know from statistics that finances are often a primary point of strain on marriage relationships. Eric, you often counsel individuals and couples in their finances. And you are very good at it because we do. I think I've said this five times. We share an office. <laughs> so I get to hear how he counsels the financial And I mean, I feel like I could. Like, really, you do make it safe for people. What are some common issues that arise when it comes to couples and their finances? Maybe what are a couple of best practices that you could share when it comes to managing finances? Finance is an interesting dynamic. Money, our views of money, most most people have very emotional attachments to money and how they want to either spend their money or save their money or utilize their money or what it's what what it's there for and what it's good for and how they want to do it. And the interesting thing is is that most people develop these habits and by the time they're a young adult or by the time they're a full adult and and looking to get married, um they they have these habits that they don't even think about anymore. But if you you challenge them, they get very defensive because that emotional attachment is there so strongly. Um, and so honestly, like <laughs> the number one thing I tell people when I do financial counseling with them um, is that money is math, right? I, I try to explain to people that there just there aren't exceptions to to the rules of money because it really is just math one dollar plus one dollar is always two dollars you know and if you consistently spend more than you will you make you will go bankrupt i mean there are some very practical things obviously like get out of debt make a plan to get out of debt follow a budget what are some of the like observations when you see someone get out of debt what do you see because we you know this is tied to our discipleship as well like how we handle our finances and that's could be a whole nother podcast, but like, how would you describe how, someone who is debt free? I um, have this utopian dream. I would love to be at a church where everyone was debt free. Mm -hmm. Like um, imagine the possibility for ministry in that kind of community or that kind of environment. Um, if your family is debt free, like it, it, removes so many pressures that you, I don't even know if you realize that they're there, but it's mm -hmm. like, I have to work this job because, you know, I might not like this job, but this job brings income and we, we need it to pay our bills and all of those kinds of things. And that's, if you can remove that, if you can get that out of debt, like all of a sudden your employment is 
you're first of all you're free to go do something you love mm -hmm. and second of all even if you choose to stay in your employment it's like you're there because you want to be there mm -hmm. not because you have this outside pressure of i have to do this job mm -hmm. um and it just frees you up emotionally um it alleviates you know i don't know how you measure stress but lots of stress mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it just puts you in a place where mentally and emotionally you're you're just you have so much more well-being mm. and imagine that i would imagine that too just alleviating pressure on the marriage relationship too because you're not necessarily either the emotional ties are are in check and yeah. you have freedom with what's coming in and you might be able to have more fun in some, in some, well, I think well, you should be able to have a little more fun if you're, <laughs> well, you, if you're debt free. You you're totally like, can. you just have the freedom of, yeah. okay, we can do that and we, we can spend that and that's okay. And mm -hmm. it's not going to cause a problem. I appreciate that because I, I do, I see that too with a lot of marriages and a lot of people that are, it, it's kind of the communication and finances. It's like, man, those two are so important in our, marriage relationships but they cause so much yeah. strain and strife and like impasses you know where it's yeah. like we just can't we can't fix this yeah you know we yeah. get overwhelmed because we're mm -hmm. so much in debt and then mm -hmm. we we can't even communicate yeah. about it and it's just like this yeah. crazy the, storm i just want to say that the important thing is to figure out what works for you and your spouse when it comes to mm -hmm. finances mm -hmm. and and how you guys decide to utilize the resources that god's given to you put in your hands mm -hmm. because different people do different things because different things work for different people. Like there are some pretty universal things like have a budget and follow it. But at the same time, when it comes to like the nitty gritty practical decisions you'll have to make, like that's going to vary widely. Yeah. I mean, from couple to couple. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And those things are very real though. You know, I think, even in our marriage, we talk often about how differently our families spend money mm. and it's neither of them are doing bad things with their money, but it's just so vastly different where decisions in our day to day marriages, you know, that should be simple, get a little mm. more complicated because <laughs> my context of, well, this right. is the way we should do it because that's how people spend money. Mm. It's the opposite. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, right. you know, so, but I, I love that you give permission to like, you, things will be different from couple to couple, but you need to figure that out for you and your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. With empathy. With empathy. With empathy. Right. Right. Good I'm communication. Circle back to that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. What's your favorite way to connect with your spouse, you guys? You both are very fun people. You're married to fun people. But how do you guys connect? Because you both, you're all of you are busy. You know, we really try to just, we, we don't do it every week. We, we try most weeks to just go on a little date, go to dinner, you know, it'll be like, let's catch up on all the things we haven't talked about, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I have, a, I have a list, you know? Or or just like, I never fully heard about this situation or this conversation or this experience, like, tell me. Mm. I, You know, I'm fully focused on you. We love to eat. We love good food. You do? Oh, what? <laughs> You're married to a I know. foodie. <laughs> but sometimes it'll be like, let's just go see this movie that, you know, let's sneak away for a couple hours. Thankfully, our kids are teenagers, so it's um, we're not having to get child care. Um, Hallelujah. We can just say, bye, girls. <laughs> um, last night, it was, you know, we made dinner together, and then we just, like, watched a show together that we enjoyed, and that was fun. Like, it doesn't, it's simple. It's not a 
extravagant. Occasionally, we'll you know maybe once a year we'll try to take take a trip together. Mm. But normally, it's the day to day. Let's go grab a taco and let's mm. just talk, yeah. and that'll be the favorite moment of our week. Yeah. So I mean, how how Kristen and I have connected has changed over the years. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that that is pretty consistent is that we. We just make time. We put it in the schedule. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we used to have like a dedicated time every week. And it was like, we always had time together at that time, you know, that week. And we didn't schedule anything else during that, that block. That worked really well when we needed that. But, you know, life changes and circumstances change. So we don't do that anymore. Um, but we've developed that habit because we have taken you know, that time that we've needed to, to set aside and to develop that habit. And now it's a lot easier. I mean, after 20 years of marriage, it was, we're used to eating breakfast together. We eat breakfast together almost every day. Mm-hmm. And we talk while we're eating breakfast. And mm-hmm. we usually eat dinner together, though not as often as breakfast. But again, we just, we have that time and we eat dinner together. Um, we do travel we like to go see new places and visit mm-hmm. new places. Um, so we, we are very deliberate about scheduling like little getaways together, whether it's a weekend or maybe a long weekend or whether it's a full-blown, you know, like two-week vacation. We like to do that. We sit down usually in the, in the fall of every year and kind of make a tentative getaway together mm-hmm. schedule so fun. for the next year. I love that. Well, we are so thankful to just have this time with you guys. Thank you for for talking to us today and just relaying your your own practices in your marriage relationship yeah. and how your faith dynamics play into your mm-hmm. marriage relationship and your marriage dynamics. So thank you for sharing with us today, you guys. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Eric and Suzanne, again, for sharing with us your insight and your wisdom. Yes. Before we go, I wanted to share a few resources with you um, that we'll put in the show notes. Then the first one is for you singles out there. We recorded an episode a while back on singleness and, and just how that intersects with discipleship and, and just navigating singleness in a world that's so focused on marriage and relationships. So check out episode 18 of this podcast and hear from Amy Firestone and Cameron Stark about their experience with discipleship being single. And then also we talked to a couple marriage counselors a while back, episode 25, where you can learn more about marriage tips and, and advice from, from trained professional counselors. We have an abundance of resources at Capital Church. So if you would like, we have a it's a once a month email that goes out to all of our married couples and it is a resource. Yeah. So sometimes we'll have an article that we feature, sometimes we'll just have some tips and some ways to check Date in with your ideas. partner. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. So if you'd like to get on that email list, email us at marrieds at capitalchurch.com and we will put you on that email resource list. So We are so glad that you listened today. Thank you. And uh, we have a new episode coming next month. So we'll see you then. Yep. 